It's Rico Daily. I'm Adam Clark Estes. Lately, flying in or out of Florida has been a mess. You can see the crowd right here waiting in line at TSA. The FAA lists multiple reasons for recent flights. I recently went to Florida. I did a little winter vacation down there, and we were very sad to have to leave the pool and go to the airport, where we sat for one hour, and then another, and then another, as our flight got delayed and delayed. Rebecca Heilweil, Recode Reporter, what's going on? There are a few reasons why this is happening. Mainly, there are a lot of storms. There's been a shortage of airline workers, which has been exacerbated by the pandemic. You know, adding more chaos into everything is the fact that fuel costs are really, really expensive right now. So that's making flying even more miserable. But in Florida, there's also this other problem, which is fascinating. Flight schedules are being messed up because of spaceships. Spaceships. Yeah, so you've probably been hearing about the rise of the commercial space industry, all these launches taking place, more billionaires just launching themselves or their test rockets into space for funsies. But those launches actually have to happen somewhere. And a lot of time, those launches are actually happening in Florida. And that takes up a lot of airspace, which airplanes also need. So you recently wrote about this for Recode, and one of your sources compared flying in Florida on the day of a space launch to a bag of potatoes. Yes, that was uh, John Tiliakos. He's the vice president of operations and customer service at Tampa International Airport. He basically compared one of these days to putting 10 pounds of potatoes in a five pound bag. Okay, walk me through that. When a spaceship is launching in Florida, what actually happens to all the flights in the area that day? I think of spaceships just going up. So how is it so disruptive? So when a spaceship launches, usually in Florida off the eastern coast of the state near Cape Canaveral, the FAA closes off like a giant area of sky from airplanes. So you just can't fly there, Hmm. which means that all of the flights that are supposed to happen that day are either grounded or they get rerouted westward around that very big rectangle. But the problem is Florida itself and the west coast of Florida is already very congested with flights, which means that there's a lot of extra traffic, delays just get worse. And that's also compounded on all those other problems that we mentioned earlier. Got it. Well, if I can make an analogy that is maybe easier than the bag of potatoes one, it's sort of like if you take a four-lane divided highway and shut down half of it, then everybody has to drive on the one side in half as much space as they had before. Does that sound about right? Exactly. Well, is there a way to measure that impact? I have to imagine that delays are sort of cumulative. One leads to another, leads to another, and it can affect the whole country. The FAA actually measured this once. Do you want to take a stab at guessing some of the numbers? Yeah, definitely. So I don't know if you remember this, but way back in 2018, there was that day when Elon Musk decided to launch his Tesla Roadster into space on a SpaceX Falcon Heavy. That's Elon Musk's own Tesla convertible in orbit. The driver is a mannequin he's calling Starman. During that day, the FAA decided to measure how many flights were going to get delayed because of that event. Do you want to take a guess at how many flights were impacted that day? Yeah, let me see. How many days were ruined by Elon Musk's car and space stunt? Um, 30 flights sounds like a lot to me. Am I warm? Not at all. Okay, uh, 100. 100, that's a lot more than 30. Warmer? 200? Still warmer. (laughs) Just tell me. (laughs) So 563 flights were delayed that day. Uh, Obviously, a lot of very angry passengers. 
Oh, my God. And in terms of time, how many hours does that add up to? When the FAA calculated this, it was about 77 hours of total flight delay. So that's, you know, more than three days worth of delays, which is a lot of time. And do you want to guess how many extra miles all these delayed planes or rerouted planes had to fly because of Elon Musk? Okay, I feel like I'm bad at guessing, but if these planes have to fly around the closed-off airspace, Florida's pretty big, maybe 3,000 miles? So it's actually around 35,000 nautical miles. Oh my gosh. Uh, So really, really significant, especially if you're thinking about the extra fuel involved and the extra time involved. So that's all to say that one of these space launches can be really disruptive to a state like Florida, which is a huge flight hub. Well, Rebecca, when you put numbers behind it, this does not sound like a small problem. What is the FAA doing to fix it? The FAA, for its part, has said that they are getting better at managing this airspace. So, you know, that example came from 2018. It's now 2022. And since then, the FAA says it's been able to bring down the amount of time that one of these launches takes from about four hours of closed off airspace to just over two. And in some cases, it's actually been as short as just 30 minutes. So last year, they started using this tool called the Space Data Integrator, which does exactly what it sounds like. It sort of shares data more efficiently between the spacecraft launches and the FAA. So the idea is that the FAA can reopen that airspace more quickly. But with that said, there's also the added complication that the amount of time that one of these launches takes up is going down, but the number of launches that are actually happening is really picking up. So this is going to get a lot more complicated. Complicated how? Just generally, there are many different startups as well as NASA launching rockets, trying to get satellites into space, get space tourists into space and things like that. Another aspect of this is that it's not just Florida. The FAA has actually been involved in opening spaceports, which are, you know, airports for space throughout the country. And the idea is that there are going to be space launches throughout the country. And that means that this problem that we're seeing in Florida right now could eventually be kind of a nationwide challenge. So spaceships and airplanes are only two flying things that the FAA has to account for. There are an increasing number of things, including drones and balloons and other things that are battling over that airspace. So how is the agency coping with that? Right. This agency has to certify and license launches for, like you said, all types of emerging new flying vehicles. It also has some responsibility to oversee the environmental impact of space travel. It's also overseeing these new spaceports that keep showing up. We now have more than a dozen of these throughout the country. And eventually, you know, in the same way that the FAA is really active in making sure that airlines are safe, they're going to be monitoring space passenger safety on top of all the other things the agency is already doing. Right now, they are taking it one step at a time, sort of monitoring these launches and trying to learn a lot about just how these vehicles work. One of the reasons that space launches take so much time is because we don't have a great sense of how their debris operates or where it goes. But as these vehicles become more tested, it's easier to sort of plan around them. But eventually, this is going to be a really big challenge airspace is very limited. And the FAA has a lot of responsibility here. And they're basically just saying like, you know, we need more money to be able to do this and manage this very, very scarce resource. Well, I'm not going to be flying to space anytime soon, but I think I probably will be flying to Florida in the next couple of years. Is there anything I can do to kind of watch out and make sure my day isn't ruined by a, a spaceship launch? 
So for what it's worth, these flights are announced in advance. Normally there's like a range, a day range or an hour range that's announced. So if you're really intent on avoiding this, you can sort of look up the schedule that the FAA makes public. Of course, you could also just uh, take the Amtrak, which doesn't run through any uh, airspace used by Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos. Very good point. Rebecca, thank you. Thanks for having me. Today's episode was produced by Taylor Macon and engineered by Melissa Ponce from Hemlock Creek Productions. I'm Adam Clark Estes. Thanks for listening. <laughs>